0: Today on the Matt Wall Show, parents of trans kids showed up to testify against a bill banning child mutilation in Louisiana. We'll play the clips of a couple of these parents explaining how they came to understand that their children are trans. The reasons are never good, but in this case, they're even more insane than usual. You got to hear this. Also, the Navy is using a drag ambassador to recruit his fellow cross-dressers into the military. Bloomberg pushes, pushes, uh, publishes a profile on the Daily Wire that I think is supposed to be a hit piece, but I kind of enjoyed it, honestly. Plus, Fox News and Media Matters try to smear Tucker Carlson and fail in spectacular fashion. All of that and more today on The Matt Walsh. The first step in growing up and being a real man is getting off your parents' phone plan. Getting your own cell phone plan gives you a sense of independence and responsibility. It's a step towards becoming more self-sufficient. By paying for your own finances, you learn how to budget and manage your money There are a ton of cell phone providers out there. Unfortunately, most of them want to lock you into horrific contracts and will tack on hidden fees at any chance they get. That's why I'm a huge fan of Pure Talk. There are no contracts, no hassle, and you can cancel at any time. Pure Talk uses the same nationwide networks as major carriers, so you'll get the same reliable coverage you're used to. They offer a range of cell phone plans that best fit your uh, budget and your needs. You can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. Switching over to Pure Talk is so easy. You can make the switch. You can keep your cell phone number. You can keep your phone number. All of that is very easy to do with our U.S. customer service team. You can make the switch in as little as 10 minutes. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love your service. They're going to offer a money-back guarantee, 100% money-back guarantee. You can't get that anywhere. So go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Walsh to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Walsh, Pure Talk. It's simply smarter wireless. As the movement against child mutilation continues to grow, two more states are taking up bills that would ban the medical transition of minors. The Texas State House was set to debate the legislation uh, yesterday, but the vote was delayed after a mob of transurrectionists stormed into the Capitol building, demanding the right to abuse children. Here's what that looked like. I can't help you in now, this, of course, is just the latest state capital to be invaded by a mob of trans activists disrupting the legislative process, undermining democracy, leaving behind a stench that lingers for weeks. Uh, things were a bit more peaceful in Louisiana, though, where the Louisiana House Health and Welfa- Welfare Committee held a hearing to discuss House Bill 463, which would prohibit uh, doctors from sterilizing, castrating, or performing sex change surgeries on children. The hearing was uh, an educational experience uh, in a lot of ways, as a number of parents of quote-unquote trans kids testified to the necessity of quote-unquote gender-affirming care. At least they, they intended to show its necessity. But instead, these parents only managed to prove yet again how preposterous and irrational The left's position on this issue is. Case in point, here's a woman explaining how she came to discover that her daughter is really her son. And apparently, uh, her daughter's love of vegetables was one of the first clues. Listen.
1: Had anxiety and would never sleep and we couldn't figure out what the problem was we took him to specialists and um, neurologists and he had brain scans trying to figure out why he couldn't sleep um then uh, as he grew he got to sleeping um but his food choices were odd they were always like green vegetables raw green vegetables which if you know kids most kids don't like to eat those things um and then the precocious puberty. Um, All of those things, once we figured out uh, that he was transgender, when he came to us and told us uh, that he was transgender, when we went back and realized that the pattern of everything um, that he had experienced as a child, including eating green vegetables, because that boosts testosterone, were just methods of, his body trying to become who he was meant to be. His brain does not match his physiology.
0: Well, there it is. Who can argue if your daughter likes to eat celery, then she must be a boy. There's no other explanation. Put some Brussels sprouts on your daughter's plate if she takes a bite. It's time to call the sex change surgeon. Of course, by this measuring stick, it would appear that both of my daughters are boys and um, my sons are all girls. Because in my experience boys are far less likely to eat their vegetables. Actually, I must be a female also and my wife a man because if either of us is going to order the salad when we go out to dinner, it's always going to be her. Um, These people are, they're they're surgically mutilating children based on gender stereotypes and they don't even have the stereotypes right. Munchausen Mommy also claims that her daughter's brain uh, doesn't match her physiology. What she seems to be missing here is that you know uh, your daughter's brain is part of her physiology you might as well claim that her her left foot or the pinky finger on her right hand doesn't match her physiology all of that is her physiology how can her physiology not match her physiology how could her body be a mismatch with her body it's all her body you know her her brain is an organ in her body what do you mean it doesn't match Where do you think brains come from, you lunatic? Do you think children are born without brains and then the doctor pulls a brain out of a filing cabinet and opens up the skull and plops it in? Is that how the mismatch happens? What do you mean the brain doesn't match the body? What in the world could that possibly mean? Did he pull a brain out of the boy file by accident he meant to grab for the girl file? The claim about girls having boy brains and boys having girl brains is is scientifically fallacious for many reasons, but we don't even need to talk about the science because it's also logically fallacious. It doesn't make any logical sense. We can't get to the point of talking about the science of it because there's no logical sense here. The definition of a girl brain is the brain that is inside a girl's head. A brain possessed by a girl, that's a girl brain. That's what a girl brain is. Every girl has a girl brain by definition, okay? If she's a girl and she has a brain, then that's a girl's brain. Um, if it's a brain that belongs to a girl, it's a girl's brain. Just as my my right elbow is a man's right elbow, okay? I have the right elbow of a man. How do I know that? Well, because I'm a man. It can't be anyone else's right elbow. It's mine. It's not the elbow of, a, of an Eskimo or a, a Chinese woman or a spider monkey. It is mine because it's on my body and I was born with it. Now, It is possible to have a body part that isn't isn't naturally part of your body, but that can only occur when you undergo uh, some sort of transplant procedure. And we might even get to the point, God forbid, where doctors figure out how to do brain transplants. But for now, uh, though, every human brain on Earth naturally belongs to the body it is attached to. And again, you can't even say that it's attached to a body or it's in a body. It is part of the body. But notice something. She said that she uh, took her daughter for brain scans, but they couldn't figure it out. You know, they couldn't figure out the, uh, that she's really a boy until the girl told her parents that she's really a boy. Well, that's interesting. If the girl had a boy brain, why didn't the brain scan pick it up? There's so many things with this now where they claim, well, this and that can be detected, you know, uh, in the brain with brain scans. Well, yeah, but they never do detect these things with brain scans, do they? Why isn't transgenderism diagnosed? through brain scans, if a mismatched brain is really the cause. Well, we know why. It's because all of the claims about mismatched brains are bogus, and the people making the claims know that they're bogus. It's all smoke and mirrors. It is a weak attempt to lend some kind of scientific credibility to this superstitious nonsense. Later in the hearing, another woman sat down to give her own testimony, which... um, certainly wasn't any more persuasive. Let's listen to that.
2: And then, I, sorry, I was Christmas shopping for them. They were 18 months old, and I bought one of those toy tool benches, and I was making the joke that, well, when one of them comes to me and says they're a man when they're 18, I can't say I didn't see it coming, just because they kind of did draw to boy toys, and I was just making a joke. But I am so glad I said it out loud, because I have that in my mind now that at 18 months old something, something somewhere was, telling me what he knew all along. Sure, yes, of course. OK. Um, but so when he could start talking, he articulated to me that he was a boy. Mommy, I'm a boy. Mommy, I'm a boy. And both of my kids did, Mommy, I'm a puppy, all that. It's It was very different. And we drug our feet on it because what? You know, it's normal to not understand that, obviously. Um, so we saw therapists and we saw doctors and ultimately we came to know what he has known all along which is that he really is a boy he really is and i will be starting um gender affirming care for him he's been seeing doctors for years and it is a very long process they are very thorough So and i'm
3: gonna interrupt you just for a second course. i'm gonna give you a few extra seconds to uh prove that you can't have it up
2: aren't they cute though okay <laughs>
3: Okay, I'm not not giving you that much extra. Okay.
2: (laughs) But full disclosure, uh, this is a slightly older photo because now they are preteens, and taking a photo for mom where they both smile is like, not that's lame. So so now that he is uh, almost 11 and starting puberty, we are discussing puberty blockers, and what that would do, it would prevent him from growing the body of a woman because I promise you he's not a woman. He shouldn't be in a woman's body, and honestly, I don't think he could survive if we forced him into it. I really
0: don't forced her? You don't want to force her into her own body? Into? What the hell are you even trying to say? How can you force a person into their own body? What are you forcing into their body? A person is their body, okay? They are their body. You are your body, okay? You don't, you don't have a body. You are your body. It's not like the essence of you exists somewhere apart from your body, and then the you is placed into the body like a hermit crab finding a shell. We are human beings, okay? We are not aliens from Independence Day, where you can open us up and find a smaller creature staring, steering our bodies around. There is no distinction between your daughter and her body. That's her. That is your daughter, now, I believe in the human soul, which means that we are not merely bodies. We are not merely fresh flesh and bones. But the soul exists in harmony with the body. It is not a pilot operating the body like some kind of machine. Indeed, the only way that this kind of language, this distinction between the person and the body, can even start to make some kind of vague sense is if you're taking into account the human soul. But then you would be saying that God accidentally put a boy soul into a girl body And we have to mutilate the body in order to correct God's mistake. But that makes even less sense. So whether you're considering this from an entirely materialist perspective or a non-materialist perspective, either way, it is illogical, insane, and barbaric. And and either way, it remains correct to say that you are your body. That is who you are. And also, by the way, it, it also remains futile. Because you can't actually give your daughter a new body. Nothing you do will result in a new body. She is, she is in that body. She is that body. No matter what, there's no changing it. There's no swapping it out for a different model. Okay, you can't trade it in and at, at, the, uh, at the body dealership and get a different one. That's it. That's all you get. That's the only body you'll ever have. You can mutilate it, you can damage it, you can suppress its natural functions, but then she won't have a new body at the end of it. She'll have the same body, just a battered and broken one. But you know, at least this woman isn't claiming that her daughter's affinity for lettuce and broccoli is what revealed her to be trans. Instead, she's going with the far more standard line that her daughter uh, must be a boy because she liked to play with boy toys, quote unquote. Her 18-month-old daughter played with a Fisher-Price tool set, and so that means that she's a boy. But hasn't the left been telling us that there is no such thing as a girl toy or a boy toy? And girls can use you know tools too and do all the things that boys do, and, and they can like all the things that boys like. Haven't they been saying that to us for decades? Aren't they still saying that to us right now? And yet at the same time, even though there are, there are, there are no boy toys or girl toys, and girls can like tools too, at the same time, if a girl does like to play with tools, and she does like to play with boy toys then she's actually a boy. Which is it you idiots? Are gender roles meaningless social constructs or are they a recognition of an inner spiritual reality that's so innate and important that we should physically alter the bodies of children to line up with it? Which is it? It cannot be both. How can it be both? Well, it can be both because logical contradictions don't, you know, bother these people. That's they're not worried about. It. They're not worried people who are not worried about being logical. Don't care about logical contradictions. None of this makes any sense, but it's not meant to. In fact, the irrationality and insanity of gender ideology is part of the point. Speaking of brains, the left demands that you sacrifice yours on their altar. Utterly abandon your own capacity for reason. Accept the most insane and incoherent claims you've ever heard anyone make in your entire life. Listen to a mother bragging about sterilizing her own child and justifying it with bizarre, unintelligible arguments and applaud her. That's what's demanded of you. Give up your mind and your soul and also your child. And in exchange, you'll get nothing. Not the most tempting offer in the world, I would say, and one that we should all uh, readily reject. Now let's get to our five headlines. The attack on masculinity is no secret. Mainstream media demonizes normal, heterosexual, and masculine men while promoting non-masculine behavior and gender fluidity. Anybody who dares to speak out is quickly labeled a homophobe, sexist, misogynist, and then silenced. Uh, Notably, there are studies coming out that show testosterone levels have been declining for decades, with a 17% drop among 60-year-olds in 2004 compared to 1987. Researchers call these changes alarming, to say the least, and that's why you need to check Black Forest Supplements. The Black Forest Testo Stack is the ultimate solution to help you reclaim your masculinity. It combines the power of three natural supplements to help boost your testosterone levels and improve your overall well-being. Black Forest Supplements is dedicated to bringing back traditional masculinity and femininity. You can visit blackforestsupplements.com and use code Walsh to check out for 10% off your order today. Don't let anybody tell you that being strong and confident is a bad thing. That's blackforestsupplements.com and promo code Walsh today. All right, we'll begin with uh, the New York Post has this article. The U.S. Navy invited an active-duty drag queen to be a digital ambassador as part of a recent drive to attract the most talented and diverse workforce and combat plunging recruitments. Yeoman second class Joshua Kelly, who identifies as non-binary, was appointed as the first of five Navy digital ambassadors in a pilot program that ran from October to March. Kelly, whose stage name is Harpy Daniels, has shared their journey on TikTok and Instagram where they described how they began performing on board and became an advocate for people who were oppressed for years in the service. Um, Kelly wrote on Instagram, from joining to to 2016 and being able to share my drag experience on my off time with my fellow sailors has been a blessing. Thank you to the Navy for giving me this opportunity. I don't speak for the Navy, but simply sharing my experience in the Navy and let's go slay they 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 added you know we're using the they pronoun because this is uh it's two people right it's uh, it's this individual and then also the drag persona it's like two split personalities and so we have to refer to them to this individual as two people um, there's also this video if you' if you're, if you're wondering what this uh, drag ambassador is all about the website now this put together a video of this let's check that out So you see him dressed up in drag there. Terrifying our enemies. I'm telling you something, China. China is looking at this and saying, we we can't mess with these guys and girls and theys. Oh, your lip syncs too. Good. All right. Go ahead and pause that. Um, so this is, this is what, this is what our actual, uh, global adversaries, this is what they're looking at. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a scary thing to think about. We might like to think that this is all in house, but, uh, but you know, China has access to uh, the internet as well. At least the government officials do. I don't know so, so much about the, uh, people that the, the actual citizens, um, very much restricted, but so they can see this and they can see that we're filling the military with, uh, cross dressers. And we're um, trying to recruit based on a, a desire for diversity and expressing yourself. You know we always have to we have to uh, continually remember that this is all the opposite of what the military has always been and not not only our military, but what the military in general as a concept globally worldwide and through history, it's the opposite of what that's always been. because historically, um the, the emphasis in the military, if you're in the military, emphasize a few things. The first one is effectively killing the bad guys, killing the enemy. Uh, and that, that's the most important thing. But how do you achieve that? You achieve that by being um, a unit, you know, by, by really su- suppressing your individual uh, priorities and desires and uh, wishes to express yourself, and instead being part of a team, being part of a unit being uniform. That's why when you're in the military, you wear a uniform. Um, And everything is, it's a hierarchy and there are rankings and there, you know, and and, and you have to, things like obedience and discipline, these things are all emphasized. And the reason why that's been emphasized in the military historically is not just because we want to be mean to people. But because that's what's required if you want to go out and effectively engage with the enemy. And really there is no, we we keep hearing about the plunging recruitment rates. And that's not a problem that's going to, this is not going to reverse that problem. It's just not going to. Because the vast majority of the people who are interested in whatever the hell this is, um, they're not going to go to the military for that. If, if, if uh, being around drag queens is really important to you, or if you're a cross-dresser yourself and you want to cross-dress and, and express yourself and be applauded for it, yeah, maybe, unfortunately, you can do that in the military now. But if that is what your priority is in life, why would you go to the military? I mean, the, the military can try its best uh, to change the culture, destroy the culture of the military, to, uh, to emulate, imitate, and... Um, what we find in the general broader culture I could try its best to imitate that but it'll only ever be an imitation. And so if you're the type that is into this and you're you know around the age when people typically join the military and you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, really into cross dressing, uh, I really care about diversity and being around a lot of uh, a lot of uh, degenerate types Where am I going to go in life? You're probably not going to say, well, I'll go to the military. There really is no way to recruit uh, consistently and reliably and keep the military strong without appealing to masculinity. You know, this is a, that's, they could try all these other ways of recruiting. None of it works. The only thing that consistently works is by trying to appeal to men, to young men, To appeal to their their sense of duty, their sense of honor, their sense of patriotism. All of these things now, of course, dwindling away, especially in the younger generations, which is a big part of the problem, but there's no way around it. And also appealing to their, uh, at an even kind of baser level, at a more fundamental level, just their their masculine energy, their masculine aggressiveness, um, channeling. You know, the military has always been a, a way to channel male aggressiveness and violence in a productive and uh, not just productive, but a, a noble and courageous way. Okay. We've talked about this before. We talked about this in, in relation to sports and football. You know, this, this is my defense of football, even though football is a violent sport and kids can even get injured and sometimes seriously. So there's a risk involved, but it, it's, it's important to have it. You know, sports, Serve an important function in society, especially these kinds of violent, kind of combat-type sports. Uh, We we need to have these, if for no other reason than as a a, another mechanism for men and young young men uh, and boys to channel that masculine energy and aggressiveness. Okay, because there is again, especially among young men, a desire. There's a desire. Desire to engage in violence. Desire, you know, that's why these things are appealing. You want to go out and hit somebody. And there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself as long as it's channeled in the right way. And on the football field, it's channeled towards, you know, it's all about the team. It's about winning. It's about, you know, and it, again, it's not about the individual. In the military, it's an even higher calling of uh, it's not a game anymore. It's about protecting your nation. It's about patriotism. And that has to be, that That ultimately has to be the pitch, really, for the military. And if it's not, if you're trying to recruit based on feminine, appealing to people's feminine instincts, uh, it's, it's not going to work. All right. Bloomberg has a, a lengthy profile of uh, The Daily Wire and especially of, of Jeremy. Um, it was just published today and I didn't even know that this thing was coming out, but you know, of course there's a lot of stuff, Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro, Jeremy Boring, but I, you know, I pulled the article, I'm scanning through where, where am I in this article? And so I have to say that, um, this is a, I don't think it's intended. In fact, I know it's not intended, but in this Bloomberg article, this is a ringing endorsement, um, of, of me, I, I I really am quite flattered by it. the uh, The title is the headline is the company behind Ben Shapiro is trying to build a right wing magic kingdom. The Daily Wire has ridden culture war outrage and transphobia into a breakout media business. Now its sights are set on entertainment, and an entire alternate uh, alternative economy. And that's all well and good, but I did especially enjoy this part. It says. Talking about the different, uh, aside from Ben Shapiro, who are the other uh, hosts, the the other talent on uh, Daily Wire, and says, there's Candace Owens, a black star of the MAGA set, who's referred to the January 6th insurrection as obviously a Fed operation, of course, uh, and flirted with anti-Semitism. Michael Knowles, a a cigar-smoking would-be actor, has argued that same-sex adoption is a terrible idea and lately achieved dubious fame for saying that transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. His attacks, however, pale in comparison to those of Matt Walsh, who has called trans people, quote, mutilated, mutant, self-loathing, hollow, twisted shells, and notes in his Twitter bio that he was named Transphobe of the Year by the New Republic in 2022. So I don't mean to brag I don't want to gloat. I'm not going to gloat, you know, to, to Michael about this, but he's a tax pale in comparison. I'm not going to gloat about it. I'm not going to brag about it, but that's what they said. Uh, and then I also enjoyed this part here, skimming through a bunch of other stuff, uh, yada, yada, not about me, not about me. Okay, here's this. A $100 million investment in children's programming also meant parents would no longer have to worry about their children getting indoctrinated by Disney+, Plus, whose entertainment teaches your daughter that she's a boy. Boring said at an event last June, so we're talking about the children's content. It'll be coming soon. Uh, the, company's, the company's children's book, Johnny the Walrus, Walsh's unsubtle anti-trans allegory about a boy who pretends, to, pretends he's a sea animal and whose mom comes under pressure from activists to make it surgically permanent, had already topped the Amazon.com bestseller list in the spring of 2022. First of all, I just want to say, I don't know what you're even talking about. Um, anti-trans allegory. I mean, it's literally a book about a young boy who's, who's you know, a walrus. Deep inside. That's what the book's about. So I don't, I don't know what you're even talking about, frankly. Um, "Quote: This is causing unimaginable trauma to Amazon, Amazon's woke employees, and I couldn't be happier." Walsh gleefully tweeted at the time. Jason Campbell, a senior researcher at left-leaning media watchdog and frequent Daily Wire critic Media Matters, says, "Quote: This is this is it. This is so this is another. This is the other thing I'm going to add to my trophy set, along with transfer of the year." When it comes to anti-trans rhetoric and anti-LGBTQ rhetoric in general, it is really hard for me to think of anyone else who is more important in setting that narrative than Matt Walsh. Then he goes on to talk about how uh, you know, I'm scaring other people away from joining the company because I'm such a bad guy. Anyway, um, that's not... Uh, first of all, that's not. I, I'm not scaring them away from joining the company. I have apparently scared at least one person away who was already in the company and they left. But uh, other than that, I think it's been fine. This is, this is good, though. This is like, uh, this is what Media Matters does. And we're going to talk in the Daily Cancellation about their latest attacks on Tucker Carlson. Um, but they have this way of, they, they all, it, it's, it's a skill, really. Well, they, they always can highlight and focus in on the parts um, that are really the least embarrassing to us. Because the things that are going to make us look the best. And they focus in on those parts and then announce that to the world as if, like, what do you think? So you say this, if you're Jason Campbell, Matt Walsh, most important in setting anti-trans and anti-LGBTQ rhetoric in general. Do you think, well, how do you think I'm going to react to that? Do you think I'm going to read that and say, well, that's, how dare you? Well, I never, um, No, I I think at this point they're smart enough to realize that uh, they don't offend us at all with these attacks. Um, They're also not scaring away any of our supporters, quite the opposite. So they, you know, it it, it exists just as fodder for people who hate us already, uh, which is fine. All right, great article there. Um, I think it's supposed to be sort of a a hit piece, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. Let's see, this is from uh, Daily Wire news out of Utah. Pornography giant Pornhub has blocked all residents of Utah from accessing its content a day before a state law goes into effect that will allow websites to be sued if they uh, enable minors to view their videos. A Utah bill called Online Pornography Viewing Age Requirements was passed unanimously by both chambers and signed into law in March by Governor Spencer Cox. Goes into effect on Wednesday. The law says that sites shall be held liable if the entity fails to perform reasonable age verification methods to verify the age of an individual attempting to access the material. But the bill also discusses a digitized identification card connected to a state approved application, which the adult industry says doesn't exist. The bill says, as an alternative to a state digital ID, sites can use any reasonable method that relies on public or private transactional data or data available from a commercially available database to verify someone's age and identity. On Tuesday, Allison Bowden of the Free Speech Coalition, which represents the adult industry, wrote to the bill state's uh, Senate sponsor, Todd Wheeler, that, quote, despite consulting over a dozen lawyers, I must admit I'm stumped. The law is so vague and the requirements for compliance so contradictory. I cannot figure out how FSC members can follow this law. Um, Well, that's your problem. You know, that's a, yeah, it's trying to figure out a way to reliably verify the ages of um, people who are viewing hardcore internet porn. Um, it's, there, there are some, comp- it's not impossible. It's easier than they're making it out to be. And there, there are plenty of other uh, kinds of websites that do this and do it reliably. And nobody panics over it or says it's some sort of attack on free speech. If you want to go and gamble online, for example you're going to have to verify your age. Uh, even even going to uh, the, the website, like an alcohol company's website requires age verification. Now, in that case, it's going to be something that anyone could get around where you just have to put your birth date in. But the point is, even the alcohol sites require at least that much. Uh, whereas the porn sites don't even have that. Pornhub doesn't even have that. They don't even make that effort. But a lot more can be done, just like they do with the gambling sites uh, to, to verify your age. It is not impossible. Maybe there are some technical issues that come along that have to be worked out. But my point is that, that that's that's your problem if you're in the porn industry. That's a problem you have created. So your decision to put this kind of content on the Internet creates a problem that you have to fix. So I don't think that it's up to any to, any, to us to fix it. You you can't put a bunch of hardcore porn on the Internet and then say, you know, and then we say, well, we can't let kids see this. And then you say, well, it's your problem. You have to figure it out. No, 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 it's not our problem. It's your problem. You're the one who put it there. What do you mean? We have to figure that out. Well, if you can't figure out how to stop kids from watching it, I guess you can't put it on the Internet. Take it down. God forbid. You know, if it actually is true. Yeah, as you know, I'm in I'm in favor of uh, of banning this stuff entirely. But I think it's a good idea to start with these basic, before we even get there, it's kind of like with the, the trans conversation and gender uh, transitioning. Before we get to the broader point, uh, I think it makes sense to start with at least protecting kids from this. And that means requiring, you know, putting the same kinds of restrictions in place on the, on the internet porn business That are in place for any other kind of business that sells or distributes um, items material that's that's not suitable for kids okay and alcohol tobacco products firearms all these cases and even as i pointed out many times even physical porn if anyone still uses that you know it's it's i don't even know if they just still sell porn magazines at the gas station well, if they did have if that did still exist somewhere, um, and you wanted to buy it, you'd have to present your ID. So that's the way it works. And yet with internet porn exclusively, this this huge exception has been carved out where we say, oh no, they don't have to verify. All these other industries have to verify agents, but you don't. But, but if we made them do it, that would be ter- terrible. That'd be, that'd be awful for them. Well, I don't buy that at all, but my point is that... If I think that it's possible to put age restrictions in place that will prevent um, a large number of kids from seeing this, it's not going to prevent all of them. It's not going to protect all the kids, but there there are things that can be done that will protect a large number of kids. I think. But if you argue that it's not even possible that it you, it can't be done, okay, all this degenerate, disgusting filth that we know damages kids, damages, it, it has real effects on their brains, on their minds as they grow. And if, if you're correct, that it's not even, it's not possible to put any kind of restrictions in place that will um, stop them from seeing it. Well, you know what? That's an argument for banning porn outright. Because if it's not even possible to protect kids from it, as long as it's on the internet, well, then I guess it shouldn't be on the internet. That 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 and now you have actually made the most compelling argument for banning all of it, entirely. And maybe that should maybe that should be our argument. So it's like it 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 behooves you. If you're a porn enthusiast, um, or if you're a, a, someone who's involved in the porn industry, it behooves you to figure out a way to keep this filth away from kids. Because if you can't figure it out, the next step is that it's all banned. And, and, then, uh, and then anyone involved in Pornhub goes to prison. How about that? Again, I, I'd be, I would be fine with just like skipping right to that part. But if we're not, then, uh, then I think this is a reasonable compromise. Figure out a way to protect kids from this disgusting filth that you choose to distribute figure it out, or we get rid of all of it, criminalize all of it. Um, extremely reasonable compromise. Here's something not as reasonable. This is a video that has uh, gone viral, um, and it's it's interesting because there's debate about who is in the wrong and who's in the right, who's the bad guy here, um, and it shows it's a, it's a dispute between a cyclist and uh, uh, people in a car who are blocking the bike lane. And uh, this is what people are arguing about on the internet today. It's very important stuff. Let's watch a little bit of this.
3: Hello, please move. Please move, you're in the bike lane and blocking the sidewalk here. Hi. Yeah, you're blocking the bro, curb cut here. my car, bro. Because you're in my space, public don't space. Car, okay, don't touch my car, Okay, move then. Don't touch my car, Okay. Bro, what the f- are you doing, bro? Please move. What want you the police or something? No, I'm don't trying to- Don't touch my, my okay, car so no I more just, then, you bro. Okay. You okay. tripping you, like s***. is wrong with you, boy? Bro, you laughing like, hey, bro. hey, bro. Hey, bro, real loud, bro. chill that s*** out, bro. Don't touch my s*** no more. I don't about none of that. I bet you won't touch it no more. I bet you won't touch it no more. Yeah, I know, I, I know, care, I, know I know, I know. I bet you won't touch it no more. I'll just be annoying I then. bet you won't be touch you it annoying. no more. Just don't touch the my car, car no get in the car, watch it.
2: You'll be annoying, but don't, 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 don't ride in
3: my and touch it. You're in, the, you're you're in, in public the, space. You just rolled up and did like because this Because like, it's bike We're working, the hey, bro, you gonna bro, do about it? I don't really bro, care. Bro, the hey, bro, you bro, gonna real do not, about it? What, you wanna get in my car, right? Right?
2: Get the
1: move, just come on.
3: Come on. Hey, ho, for come real, on. bro. What are you doing too much? Why are you doing all that? Come on, not because he... Cause it's not man, I don't straight. give a...
1: Fuck. I'm don't working.
3: Don't come up I, I, don't care. I don't
0: care. Um, uh, a heated, but I would also say quite eloquent uh, discussion between all these individuals. You did notice at the end there, um, this... Like, it just, just a little pro tip. Uh, if you are involved in a, in a heated dispute with a stranger in public... And they go back to their car and reach into it and then place something in their waistband. Um, that that's a good time to leave. That's a good time to stop the argument, especially if it's over something as stupid as a bike lane. Now I believe that sometimes you got to stand your ground, um, but are you are you going to die over the bike lane? Is this where we're at with cyclists? You're going to die over it? Are you going to die? You're going to be a martyr for the bike lane? That's what he, he was prepared. He was prepared. He was ready to die right then and there. I, so this is what's so confusing for me. I can't figure out who uh, I hate the most in this argument because uh, I mean, really, the answer is they're all the bad guys. There's no good guy here. Everyone involved, they're all terrible. And there's a, there's the, you know, and you know how I feel about cyclists. You know how I feel about bike lanes. It's the whole idea that we put a, a separate lane for your bike for your toy because that's what a bicycle is. It's a toy, it's recreation. That's what it is. I, got no, I have no problem with, if you want to play with your toy. Um, but if we're gonna have bike lanes, we might as well have, you know, um, uh, uh, lanes for any other, like, that's, that's what it is. It's, a, it's, the, it's the toy lane in the middle, of, right on the side of the road. Um, so you know how I feel about that. On the other hand, the fact that, like I respect conviction. Even if the conviction is ridiculous, I can I can respect it if you stand by. It. The fact that he was ready to be shot to death right then and there, <laughs> in order to defend the bike lane, I have a weird begrudging respect for it. Um, and then the other people were. Then they, they get into the. I don't even can't remember if we heard it there, but at some point in the video, they get into the anti-white stuff and they call him a white this and that. And uh, so we know that you know reverse the situation there. And you've got white people saying this to black person. We know that they're going to be canceled and their lives destroyed for, for uh, being racist. So, sorry, it can't be on their side either. Um, Although, you know, sometimes you gotta, I've I've been through this in the city many times where you got to pull over to the side of the road real quick. And, uh, and there's a bike lane there, but okay. I got, here's the car. I don't care what the law says about this. All right. The car takes priority on the road, always. So I will drive my car right in the bike lane, and you better get out of the way. I, it's a road, and I'm in a car. So I it will take priority, period. If I need to pull over to the side of the road, I don't care what my reason is. Maybe I need to pull over to the side of the road because I want to I uh, scroll Twitter for five minutes. I'm going to do it right in the middle of the bike lane. And I have because I don't respect the existence of the bike lane. I reject it in principle. Go around the car. That's your problem. well, we can't go on the sidewalk. Well, yeah, yeah, you're damn right you can't go on the sidewalk, because you know what the sidewalk is for? The sidewalk is for walking. So we're at an impasse, I guess. The sidewalk is for people who are walking. The roads are for driving. You say, well, where do I I play with my toy, my bicycle? I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. Go to the park. Go to the park with your bicycle. Go in your driveway. This is what my kids do. They ride in little circles in the driveway. So why don't you do that? Ride in little circles in the driveway. And then we all can be happy. Let's get to the uh, comment section.
3: Do you know their
1: name?
0: They're the sweet baby gang. Going to the comments, Beezy says, as someone who believes in virgin women in the Middle East 2,000 years ago being impregnated by a ghost, you probably shouldn't talk about biology. You see that's a belief in the supernatural. It's a belief in a supernatural event. Okay. No one is uh, is claiming that this is something that happens naturally by a physical process. It's quite openly, you know, if you're religious, if you're a Christian as I am, then you believe in the existence of the supernatural, which is something above and beyond nature. And we don't hide from that. That's what it is. Not ashamed of it. My question to you is, are you admitting that transgenderism is a supernatural belief? Because that's what it is. It's an incorrect supernatural belief. And even on supernatural grounds, it's incoherent. But um, if we could get to the point where at least you people will admit that that's what this is, that this is not science, it's not even attempting to be science, it's not any kind of uh, claim about the natural human body, it is a it is a supernatural, it's, it is faith in the supernatural, it is a religious doctrine. Um, sounds like that's what you are accidentally, accidentally conceding, and I think that if you're conceding that, then we're making progress finally, because now we've gotten, now we now we all understand what sort of play playing field we're operating on. Um, Amanda says, Matt, I am one of the Disney adults you talk about. I'm a dual major, astrophysics and biology. I'm a Navy veteran. I'm not mentally ill, unintelligent, or immature. A little bit of magic once in a while makes the ugliness of the world manageable. Well, Amanda, I don't, I mean, no disrespect to you whatsoever. And I'm sure you're a wonderful person uh, and intelligent. But look, I all I'm trying to do is work through this problem. I'm trying to figure out why an adult human being who doesn't even have any kids would choose to go to Disney World with their time off in the heat, in the humidity, waiting in lines, uh, sifting through crowds of tourists, eating really expensive but bad food. I'm trying to figure out why you would want to do that. And I'm uh, I'm not saying I have all the answers to this. I'm not saying that I've cracked. This is a mystery that, that philosophers have debated for millennia. I'm not saying that I have have come to the exactly correct answer. All I'm saying is that one potential theory is that you're all mentally ill. And if you are, then Amanda, then I, I want you to get help. I want this to be diagnosed. I want you to be able to get counseling. Uh, I'm not I'm not a big advocate for psychiatric drugs, but I think there could be a place for that in this case. And so I'm concerned about you and that's and that's it. It's not, you know, there's no reason To be offended by it, just because I'm saying that your favorite recreation is a sign of mental illness, I don't see that as an insult, really. I see that as a a potential medical diagnosis is all. Glad we could clear that up. Another comment says, my parents let me play video games when I was growing up, but they also made sure to limit my screen time and they would only let me play after finishing all my homework and chores. To balance that out, I would also engage with my family or go backpacking with my Boy Scout group, uh, troop rather. Um, Yeah, I think that's fine. You know, someone else said, um, uh, Maria says, I was only able to catch the second half of your show today. Great daily cancellation segment. We do let our kids play the Nintendo Switch non-violent, non-violent games once a week after schoolwork and chores. I think it's one of the many ways to teach self-control. Yeah, no problem with that. This is you're letting them play games that are appropriate. Um, you are severely limiting and moderating the amount of time that they spend on the devices, and I, I, I don't I don't see an issue with that. Um, as I said yesterday, there's not there's I'm not claiming that there's something inherent to video games themselves that no matter how much time you spend playing them or what the game is, it's it's gonna be damaging to a child. Um, The issue is uh, if if the content is not appropriate and there are people, as absurd as it may seem to to you, uh, actually Mariah, I believe, as, as absurd as it may seem to you, Mariah, and to me, there are people out there who will just categorically reject the idea that there can even be inappropriate content for kids in video games. And I know that that exists because any time I've tried to discuss the problem of, you know, of exposing kids to violent video games, there there are plenty of people who get outraged by by the discussion of it. They don't even want to acknowledge that it may, that there, there may be violent content that's not appropriate for kids, which is absurd because when it comes to movies and shows, we would all agree. Now there are plenty of parents who will let their kids be exposed to movies and shows that are not appropriate, but we all agree in principle, that, like, there, there are things, I mean, uh, some torture porn, violent uh, movie, like uh, the, the, the old Saw franchise or something, clearly you would not sit your seven-year-old down to watch that. And if you do, you're a, an, an insane parent. And we would all agree with that, but on video games, there's this exception people try to make, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, Jeff says, Matt, I think your points about video games are reasonable, but I still can't get behind your claim that all superhero slash comic movies slash shows are childish. It's not my claim. You know, I, I'm ever since this conversation was reignited a couple days ago uh, and I still haven't figured out who, why exactly, but um, I've seen all these caricatures of my views and it went beyond video games. And now it's, oh, oh Matt Walsh says that all, all superhero uh, superheroes or any adult that watches any of that ever is childish. Um, I, someone today said that that I dismiss films as childish. So I'm apparently against films as a category. I don't think I don't think you should watch any movies at all is the claim that I encountered. Meanwhile, I have made a film. Okay, I'm actually a filmmaker, so I clearly am, am uh, okay with the idea of films. And I think that they can be a, actually a very powerful tool, and very powerful art form. Um, so none of that is, is correct. When it comes to superhero, uh, superhero stuff, my primary criticism of it, and I think I'm pretty clear about this, my primary criticism of a lot of these superhero films is not that they're childish, it's that they're lifeless. It's that they're empty. Um, I think that Martin, Martin Scorsese's observation that they are theme park rides, I think is how we put it. Um, I would agree with that. You know, I, I that's, that's what they are. They're just kind of like, there's nothing there. There's no real art to it. It's not cinema, uh, for most of these, most of these films. So no, it's not, not childish. i just like, I, I wouldn't, if something is lifeless and empty and, uh, and has no, no, uh, no real charm, no beauty, no depth at all, uh, I wouldn't call that childish. As I've said, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, to expose my kids to that kind of, not because it's inappropriate, but if it's just nothing, if it's just lay, like, if it's just noises and sounds and lights, um, I want to limit my kids' exposure to that because it's not good. For, it's, it's not good for their brain. It, like it doesn't, it doesn't help them develop. It's not. I'd rather expose them to um, art that is a little bit more depth than that. So that's that's what a lot of these superhero franchises have become. You know, the Marvel stuff. It's all franchise. It all exists to sell toys. It's, all, it's, it, that all, it's the only reason that it's there. It only exists. The only reason they keep making the films is because they make a billion dollars. And, um, yeah, of course, like, it's not a big revelation that movie studios want to make money. But my point is that it's not, it's, there's nobody involved in these films anymore who really feels compassionate about telling a story. Usually that's, that's the push and pull, pull when it comes to big studio films, um, or ideally at least. You've got people involved who are storytellers and they really want to tell a story. You got the studio that only cares about the money, and so that's where, that's the, that's the fight. But when it comes to these superhero films now, I think it's only, that's it's all anybody is interested in. And no one is saying, oh yeah, I really feel, you know, we got to tell this Spider-Man story for the, this exact same Spider-Man story for the 50th time. I really feel passionate about telling the story. No, that's not what it is. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. So I think that there is a version of a superhero story that could be meaningful and could add depth and could be real cinema. And there have been a few examples that at least get close to that. But most of that is um, just isn't. It's lifeless and empty. Which is, you know, you could argue less a criticism of the superhero stuff and, and more a criticism of corporate, of, of Hollywood and of the, you know, the, the studios themselves. Um, and finally, well, a couple more it says, and you have the ignorance, you have the arrogance to believe that you can out-argue a full professor with your high school education Wow, your arrogance is only surpassed by your bigotry and ignorance. Then Corey says, oh, yes, Mandy thinks he's smarter than a Harvard professor. Unfortunately, your audience of idiots actually thinks you know something. Why do you lead these gullible losers on? Well, if you could explain, yes, I, I did present my argument against uh, what a, a, a Princeton professor said in his attempt to debunk biology, to debunk the biological sex binary of human beings. I presented my argument debunking it. And if you if you can tell me where I'm wrong, I'd love to hear it. Am I smarter than this Princeton professor? Probably, but that's not saying much. You know, it doesn't take much to be smarter than a Princeton professor these days. And, and really, I'm, I'm, I think I'm doing them a massive favor. I'm being very generous by saying that the Princeton professor and a lot of these Ivy League professors are morons. Uh, because the other option is that they're intelligent. Um, and so they don't actually believe these things, but they're claiming to believe it anyway, and they're teaching it knowing what they're doing, knowing full well that it's false, which would make them evil. So that's what it is, Corey. Uh, These professors are either stupid or evil, or or they could be both, probably both. While it is tempting to blame postmodernism for ushering in a prevailing sense of nihilism, the truth is that uh, this was an issue going all the way back to biblical times, but then or today, nobody likes a complainer. You just drag everybody down and the consequences of that are just as dire today. This is what uh, Dr. Stephen Blackwood points out in Exodus with Jordan Peterson. Uh, check out a clip here.
1: The vision of God is a necessary condition of the flourishing of society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And without that vision, a people perishes. Well, there,
0: there, there's, there's, there's technical reasons for that, I would say, that we know biologically now, too, is that Almost all enthusiasm, and so that is to be filled with the Spirit of God, that's positive emotion, and all positive emotion of the of the most intense sort, I don't mean satiation and satisfaction, I mean hope and enthusiasm that moves you forward, is tied to a vision, because all positive emotion signals movement towards a valued goal. In addition to Stephen Blackwood, Jordan Peterson is joined by a roundtable of really impressive minds who have gathered to discuss one of the most seminal books in the Bible, all episodes of Exodus are now available exclusively for Daily Wire Plus members. If you haven't seen it yet, start at the beginning before it, uh, because it's well worth your time to watch the entire thing. And, but you got to join first. Join now, DailyWire.com/slash/subscribe to watch Exodus today. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. For our daily cancellation today, we're going to cancel the people who are trying to cancel Tucker Carlson. Now, I know you might uh, take issue with the word trying in that sentence. They aren't trying to cancel him. They, they did cancel him, you might say. But that would be an incorrect assessment, I think, because Tucker's Fox show may have been canceled. But the man himself has never been less canceled. I mean, he's never been more popular. There have never been more people interested in what he has to say. Um, than there are right now. Wherever he goes next, it is guaranteed that millions upon millions of people will follow him. So he's not canceled, but they are trying. Um, And to cancel Tucker, to cancel him as a person rather than simply as a Fox post, would require ruining his reputation, making him into a pariah, turning his own audience against him. And that is what Fox News and the left, but I repeat myself, are right now trying to achieve. And they're failing miserably every step of the way, but they're trying. As we talked about yesterday on the show, Fox has started to leak off-air footage of Tucker to Media Matters. And their first salvo was a video of the former host complaining about the Fox Nation streaming service and pointing out accurately that the website is poorly designed and nobody watches any of the shows on it. That re- revelation didn't exactly have the devastating effect that was somehow anticipated by the smear merchants. So yesterday, a whole deluge of off-air footage was uh, was released. Media Matters published a series of videos under the headline, quote, Tucker Carlson's creepy behind-the-scenes comments. What were these creepy comments? Well, here's one where Tucker makes small talk with Piers Morgan before they go on air for an interview. Watch. Uh,
3: but thank you so much for coming on, it's-, uh, it's Yeah, fantastic. I bet that doesn't change. Of course. Yeah. It's just great to have you on
0: my show. I mean, I've been on yours enough times,
3: it's great. I think it's totally cool. So let's, um, is, if we're gonna talk about sex, I'd love to hit some of the fine points of technique. but you know but it's your show it's totally up to you we can certainly talk about your sexual technique especially
0: after your tanning testicles last week
3: (laughs) not mine we'll, (laughs) we'll speak in more general terms but i've got something to add
0: that is shocking wow i am absolutely stunned apparently tucker carlson has a sense of humor and as we know, Media Matters, they have no patience for such frivolities. There is no sin more serious than making a joke, according to the modern left, who are essentially our version of Puritans, except without the moral clarity. Um, they, caught, uh, they caught Tucker making other jokes, too, like this one.
3: Well, I feel great. You know, I can never, assur- I can never assess my appearance. I wait for my postmenopausal fans to weigh in on that. My IFB. What? They want to control me from afar? Okay, I'm putting the leash on. You, you can <laughs> F- it We'll do it live. I got you, baby.
0: Well, that one is especially confusing to the left because not only is he making a joke, but it's a self-deprecating joke. and that is the most mysterious form of humor to a leftist. Tucker is, is making fun of himself and Fox by saying that all the fans are postmenopausal, which in Fox's case, not so much for Tucker personally, uh, is, is certainly true. But of all the shots taken by Media Matters th- that ultimately end up, you know, ricocheting off the wall and bouncing back and hitting them in their own faces, this next one is the funniest. For some reason, they thought it was a good idea to also publish this video. You wouldn't? Okay. I'm not, you know what? I'm not
3: qualified on that score, I will say. I thought his girlfriend was kind of yummy. Just kidding. Just kidding. In case this is being pulled off the bird. Yeah, the bird, hey, Media Matters for America, go yourself. That's the first thing I wanna say tonight. Second thing is, totally kidding, I don't even know what his girlfriend looks like. And if I did, I would not find her yummy.
0: So what we learn here is that Tucker Carlson is a prophet who can see the future. But the the really funny thing is that the nerds at Media Matters are not only uh, the hall monitors of the internet, they also at at the same time suffer under the delusion that we'll all come to their defense if somebody says something mean about them. You know, they think that we'll see that and say, well, you said that about media matters? Well, how, how could you? But you've crossed the line, sir. Sir, you've crossed the line. I can no longer support you, Tucker, if you're going to say those horrible things about media matters. No, they're sadly mistaken. In fact, uh, I think I speak for all Amer- normal Americans when I say that I fully endorse Tucker's sentiments about media matters. Um, I would only add that the people who work there are a bunch of reptilian ghouls and degenerate perverts who have never contributed anything of value to the world ever. So Tucker should have mentioned that as well, but I'm not going to hold it against him. With the spectacular failure of those smear attempts, Fox decided to try again. This time, teaming up with the friends, uh, their friends at the New York Times. Um, last night, Times published a uh, the Times published a lengthy article about a text message that Fox sent or Tucker sent to one of his producers at Fox in 2021. This is from the Times, quote, A text message sent by Tucker Carlson that set off a panic at the highest levels of Fox on the eve of its billion-dollar defamation trial showed its most popular host sharing his private inflammatory views about violence and race. The discovery of the message contributed to a chain of events that ultimately led to Mr. Carlson's firing. In the message sent to one of his producers in the hours after violent Trump supporters stormed the Capitol on January 6, 2021, Mr. Carlson described how he had recently watched a group of uh, a video of a group of men, Trump supporters, he said violently attacking an Antifa kid. Okay, well, they go on describing the text and the circumstances around it, trying to explain why it's offensive and scandalous and racist. But we can just cut to the chase and read this text message for ourselves. So here it is. Here's what he texted. A couple of weeks ago, I was watching video of people fighting on the street in Washington. A group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living shit out of him. It was three against one, at least. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Yet suddenly I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him harder, kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. Then somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being. Much as I despise what he says and does, much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him, I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere, somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. If I don't care about these things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? Okay, the only shocking thing about this text message is that it's way more thoughtful and interesting than the average text message. Okay, it reads like a passage from a book, not a message dashed off on a phone and texted to a coworker. Most people text in emojis and GIFs and internet slang. Tucker is writing actual paragraphs, expressing his emotions through language and offering like insights into the human condition via text message. It is, that is shocking to see. That part is shocking. But as far as the content of his message goes, there is nothing here that any normal person would be offended by. He's being introspective and honest, wrestling against his own desire for vengeance. That's a desi- it's, it's a desire that we could all relate to. The only difference is that many of us don't bother wrestling against it. And certainly on the left, again, this is why to them it's like shocking. Because they would never, they have the same feeling. I mean, they want us all dead. Okay, if there's, if there's footage, if, if there was footage of Tucker Carlson being beaten by a mob, every person on the left would, would, openly gloat over. They would love it. It would never occur to them to even wrestle against that instinct. Um, but Tucker is, is wrestling against it, as a decent person does. I suppose we're also supposed to be scandalized about his comment that you know, white men don't generally fight by ganging up and mobbing somebody, uh, someone the way they were in that video, apparently. Tucker is implying, of course, that non-whites do fight that way. And here he commits the other great sin of the modern era, which is the sin of noticing. So Tucker has apparently noticed, noticed out loud, rather than noticing silently, like most people do, that in almost every video where multiple people are beating the hell out of a single victim, and there are many videos like this on the internet, unfortunately, and in almost every case of that, that we have ever seen, the assailants are not white. Um, That's just a fact, and we have all noticed it, every single person. Any person who read that text message from from Tucker and pretended to be offended, they know exactly what he's talking about. Anyone who's listening to me right now, Media Matters, probably one of them, is getting ready to clip this exact segment. Um, But they also, they also have noticed it. So they hear that and they go, oh yeah, sure. But then they pretend, Well, but we can't say that. So everyone knows that it's true. what does it mean? What do we make of it? What do we do with the fact that in nearly every video on the internet where gangs of people viciously assault another person, the gangs are comprised of people who are not white? What do we do with that? Well, that's a separate question. We could talk about the whys. But the what, the simple fact, is not really up for debate. It is what it is. It, it just is. That's all. If it makes you uncomfortable, it still is. I'm sorry that it is. I wish it wasn't the case, but it is. You might wish that it isn't, but it is. So what have we learned from all this? Well, we've learned that uh, really what we already knew, which is that Tucker Carlson is normal and he's honest. His critics are neither of those things. They They are at this point so abnormal and so dishonest that they can't even accurately predict how other normal and honest people will react to things. So they thought that we'd see these smear attempts and turn against Tucker. Instead, we only like him more. And that is ultimately why Tucker's attempted cancelers are today canceled. And that'll do it for this portion of the show. move over to Member's Block. Hope to see you there. If not, talk to you tomorrow. Godspeed.